Oh, baby. About to be a healthy dose of that Kawhi laugh this episode. Listen, I won't say I helped the Raptors win it all, but I won't not say it either. I know y'all been hearing that Kawhi laugh in your heads left and right. <laughs> Put that energy on the universe, good things can happen. I'm. Who am I to say? Let, let everyone else be the judge of that. And by the way, Drake continued his petty streak, wore a Del Curry Raptors jersey game one, then he was calling out the yay area. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. I'm here for it. And then, after the Raptors won on Instagram Live, he said for haters to go to ESPN.com backslash we don't give a shit. If you have something negative to say. I know some of y'all dumbasses type that in. Drake is firmly on Team Petty. The most important characteristic of our squad is keeping that same energy. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Keeping that same energy is exactly why the snakes of Oakland and their fans will never be worthy. All they wanted to tell us is that you didn't need KD. And now look at your asses. You're begging so much for him to come back, he came back and injured himself too soon. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. Not on my squad. Ooh, baby, let's hit that laugh one more time before we get a note from our sponsors. Hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. That's right, don't ever get it twisted don't ever play yourselves i am back from a short little vacation but we're gonna keep it spicy had a lot go on in the two weeks i was off so you already know it's about to be jam-packed first up on yeah fam or nah you know we have to talk about the nba finals those snakes of oakland zero rings coming in zero rings going out petty alert petty alert petty alert the Raptors won in six games. <laughs> Does them winning mean Kawhi is staying? Also, should their title have an asterisk by by it since the Warriors played without KD and without Clay for one game? And last, are the Warriors done? After all is said and done, they had three titles in five years. AKA one title in five years if we're counting the only ones that count. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. And of course, they had unfortunate injuries, major injuries for Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson in back to back games with a torn Achilles and torn ACL, respectively. So, lot to unpack there. First of all, it's important that you know that the Snakes of Oakland are not NBA champions. It is also important you know. That they came in with zero rings, and they leave with zero rings. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. But my hunch, regarding Kawhi staying, I'm a yeah fam. I think winning a title does wonders. He seems like his boring personality is perfect to be representative of the overall too nice Canada faithful. Mostly nice, they still... Some of them initially cheered when KD got hurt, which is some bullshit. 
As for the asterisk of the Raptors, <laughs> hell no. You must be kidding. A title is a title. You think the Rockets are claiming an asterisk while MJ is fucking around with baseball when they got two championships? Nah, I don't think so. Also on that related note regarding injuries, yeah, fair or nah, two, there not being a need to blame anyone for Kevin Durant's injury, just dumb bad luck. Hell to the fucking nah. As a player and competitor, you know KD wanted to play. And then, as a person who, who clearly has shown he cares what people think, and someone who is very aware of the narrative, you definitely knew KD was going to play. This man's fault to a T is that he gives a shit what people think, despite him telling us he does it. Yes, he did it for his team and to help them. But you got to be playing yourselves if you think, as a training and medical staff, their main job is to stop a player from his instinct to play. The man tore his Achilles coming back from an injury too damn soon. And they better fucking hope it doesn't impact his money and his free agent pursuit. I don't think it will. But they almost fucked with it. If he wasn't one of the best players in the world, yes, he's still King Snake, but he is still one of the best players in the world. This could have severely impacted the bag he got. Sure, you could try to tell me it was a joint decision, but I don't need a fucking medical degree to see the fucking optics of one day KD's not practicing, the next day he's having a lighter practice, to then doing a full fucking warm-up and going full go in NBA Finals Game 5 after a whole month off as a premier athlete. Going from 0 to 60 after a car hasn't been fucking running for a month. And no, I don't mean a fancy car. I mean our regular Toyota Camrys that are in our garages in this moment. Yeah, let's rev it up 0 to 60 after it hasn't started for a while. In what fucking way does that make sense? This dude wasn't full go, and then they were going to play him in spurts. Next thing you know, he's out there for minutes straight going full go in an NBA Finals game. Hell no, it's not just dumb luck. It's partly KD caring what people think, and a lot to do with the medical and training staff not doing their damn job and keeping him out. You can tell me anything you want. All these pro athletes can tell me you can't stop a player from playing. RG3 coming out of the woodworks telling me. Yeah, RG3, there's a reason you're not fucking getting paid a shit ton right now after you won rookie of the year. It's because you didn't listen to the training staff and neither did your coach. So yeah, you're telling me one thing about being a competitor. But how about you tell yourself another thing and think about the money you could have earned if you weren't a stupid idiot. Don't give me that competition bullshit. You're doing this for a living. Of course a player's going to want to play. That's in his or her instinct. I'll tell you what should be in the instinct of a medical staff is using some common fucking sense in their medical degrees to figure out the fact that a prime pro athlete who hasn't been on the floor in one month goes from no activity to playing in the biggest stage a basketball player could play in full go. Don't be fucking idiots. Anyway, sticking in the NBA, we had a couple trades happen with some big players. I'm more on the Mike Conley to Utah trade later, but I think the one worth mentioning is Anthony Davis getting traded to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, 
and three first-round picks, including the number four overall pick in this year's NBA draft. Worth noting, the trade also includes rights to swap picks in other years. Gaff Emmernaugh to the Lakers being favorites to win it all next season. So Vegas has released the odds and the Lakers were at the top of that list now that they've added two of the most efficient basketball players on this planet in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Also, do the Lakers secure another top free agent? They're teetering just below the mark they need to have cap room for a full max contract to lure a third star player. So overall, the trade. I'm a yeah fan of this. I love the move for both teams, actually. The Pelicans won't even really be rebuilding. They have a solid young core to retool with now. Zion Williamson, these Lakers players, Brandon Ingram is no scrub, neither is Lonzo Ball, even though his dad is. Dumbass. Bang, bang, to a brick three-pointer. All that being said, can we stop getting it twisted, thinking the Lakers didn't absolutely win this trade? They got one of the top players in the entire world to pair with the best player in the entire world. These picks will mean nothing to the Lakers. So all y'all overanalyzers, stop acting like an end of the first round draft pick is even close to worth Anthony Davis. All the Lakers need to do is get a guard and surround these stars with shooters. They're in a perfect spot. Especially with the Golden Snake Warriors having injuries heading into next season. Serious ones that are going to keep out if they re-sign King Snake, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson, this Velcro goatee. If they re-sign both of them, they're going to be out for a majority of the year, if not the whole entire one. It's outrageous to me. People are overanalyzing the worth of these draft picks in addition to these promising young talent compared to Anthony fucking Davis. <laughs> LeBron already played with these scrubs, and no number four pick in this year's draft is going to help him as much as Anthony Davis is let alone whatever those future first-round picks end up being number 28 or whatever the fuck you want, New Orleans. I do think, if they can, Anthony Davis and LeBron should find a way to help the team get a full max salary's worth of space so that they can entice another player to come. But, no, I do not think it's the end-all, be-all. I think they'll still be able to get some quality free agents. And I think the state of the league, LeBron and Anthony Davis is more than enough. So look for the Lakers to contend. Much to some of you got some of y'all's dismay. Some of you Lagod haters got to be sick right now. I, I can't relate, but it sucks. You only got to enjoy one year of him being somewhat down. Hate to see it. Okay, last year Fimmer Nah is. Major League Baseball needs to add foul pole to foul pole netting to protect fans. So, on May 29th, at the Cubs versus Astros game, the Chicago Cubs' Albert Almora Jr. lined a foul ball into the stands. Almora dropped to his knees as the ball appeared to hit a child. Fans looked on horrified as an adult grabbed the child and raced up the stadium steps. 
So the Astros have netting from dugout to dugout, but the foul ball that hit the child has been has sparked debate. So first of all, fuck that it even has to be debated. As far as I'm concerned, there's not a single debate worth a lick of time. Major League Baseball should not be waiting for another person to get hit to do something. And this is a good time to address you traditionalists, which baseball just has is exploding with those same traditionalists that somehow just don't show up to games. Their attendance is suffering. I guess the traditionalists aren't who you should be catering to, Major League Baseball. Your traditions don't mean a single fucking thing when it comes to the safety of people, and especially children. Let's think about this. What are the best seats in a ballpark? Behind home plate. Do those seats have netting? Spoiler alert, they fucking do. I think you'll get over it. What situation could you possibly need before you do something? Someone not just getting hurt but dying? That's Is that what it's going to take to add simple netting from foul pole to foul pole? Get your heads out of your collective asses, MLB, and you traditionalists who are lodged up there too. This is a no-brainer. Add the netting before it's too late. The worst thing you can do in anything is to be reactive when you had a chance to be proactive. Anyway, on to likey, no likey, hate it. My first likey. A lot of feel-good stuff here. Likey goes to my fellow Indians and I rejoicing as our event occurred. Ours. The Scripps National Spelling Bee, and boy did these young Indian Americans show up. Eight people shared the title, and seven of them were Indian. Let's fucking go. Some of us might be mathletes. This is our time on ESPN, baby. <laughs> the other likey I have is the NBA trade market heating up right before the draft. This is going to be an exciting time with big names heading heading into free agency. The trade that people seem to be already forgetting because of Anthony Davis and now Mike Conley being shipped to Utah is the Nets starting it off by trading Alan Crabb along with the 2019 first-round pick, which is 17th overall, and a protected 2020 first-round pick to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for small forward Torian Prince and a 2021 second-round pick. So you're thinking, what the fuck does that trade mean? Well, it created cap space for the Nets to presumably go after Kyrie Irving to pair with either a second top free agent or so that the Nets can re-sign D'Angelo Russell. Not only that, the New York Knicks have two max slots. Then, the Clippers are said to be in contention to land Kawhi Leonard. They have max slots. The Lakers just picked up Anthony Davis and are working on a max slot. I'm here for the drama, and I'm here for those roster changes. Fire up NBA 2K. Give me the sticks. Let me at the trade machine. Last likey goes to DeJounte Murray, point guard for the San Antonio Spurs, who bought his little brother Nate a car. So... Pro basketball player doing that, not unheard of, but Murray took in his brother so that Nate would have a positive male role model. Nate didn't miss a day of school and was on the honor roll, so DeJounte bought his little brother a brand new car because he's proud of him, 
And also while I'm saying this, coincidentally, there's someone cutting onions while dust is flying around everywhere. I... Just a coincidence. A no likey goes to Vince Carter saying he's hanging it up after one last season. Vince Carter, who's a free agent, played for the Hawks this past season. If he does indeed sign somewhere, it'll be an NBA record 22 seasons he'll play. And he'll be the first player to have played in four different decades. The only reason this isn't a hate it with the GOAT retiring is because I got to see this GOAT ball for so long. Someone better sign the man. Oh, I got one more likey to squeeze in here, and that's the St. Louis Blues for winning their first ever Stanley Cup in the franchise 52 years. The best part is that they beat Boston. The even better part is their touching moment with a young Blues superfan, Layla, who has a rare immune disease, a video surfaced of her kissing the trophy and being at Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Also, that was your hockey check-in from number one hockey fan. Yeah, boy. Go Jackets. Go Hockey. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Uh... Okay. A hated goes to those of you that try to act like you wouldn't take a title in the way the Raptors won. I mean, let's face it. The Raptors got lucky with injuries to the Warriors. But if you're telling me you wouldn't take a ring in the same fashion, I'll just assume you're a greedy-ass Boston sports fan. Because you really must enjoy playing yourselves. Like, get the fuck out of here. You realize how stupid you sound saying you wouldn't take a ring? There's there's literally fan... There are real Cincinnati Bengals fans out there. There are real fans of all Phoenix sports out there. And... You want to tell me you wouldn't take a ring in any fashion possible? <laughs> you played yourself. All right. My last hate it. Well, first off, let me say, Masai Uriji is a phenomenal GM and deserves praise. He took a chance trading for Kawhi Leonard with no guarantee he'd stay. And now, even if Leonard leaves this offseason... The trade was a success. Hell, it was a success the minute they made the finals. But can we just focus on him rolling the dice on Kawhi and not that he fired the NBA Coach of the Year, Dwayne Casey, in favor of a rookie NBA coach and Nick Nurse? Let's not act like the coach had anything to do with them winning. In fact, he had to do with them not winning in Game 5. And they're so lucky they won Game 6. That timeout by Nurse in Game 5, while up 6 on the Warriors, and while Kawhi Leonard was on a 10-0 run by himself, just so that he didn't lose a timeout in the under 3-minute mark, this is your genius coach? <laughs> Don't talk to me about coaches making any difference in the NBA. That era ends when Greg Popovich retires, as far as I'm concerned. Coaches have the least to do with titles in the NBA. And don't even try me on that. The simple fact is that the last five NBA titles, three had rookie coaches. Don't try to tell me Masai was some genius for firing the NBA coach of the year. He was a genius because he took a chance on Kawhi Leonard. 
not because Nick Nurse is their coach. The fuck out of here. I could have coached them. And I sure as hell wouldn't have called a timeout on a 10-0 run up six. That is for damn sure. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Yeah, couch coach all that. And then you want to bring up him running a box in one? A box in one something you learn in middle school. The fuck was a big deal about that? Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Like, you want to tell me a box in one is so genius? He wouldn't have been able to run the box in one if everyone on the fucking Golden Snake Warriors wasn't hurt besides Steph Curry. If you don't have to respect the shooters around Curry, of course you can play a box in one. It doesn't take a fucking genius to think that up. Oh, yeah, let me just play a zone and guard the one shooter. That's common fucking sense. The reason nobody else thought of it, you, you geniuses out there, is because... No one could do it to the Warriors. The Warriors usually trotted out Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant, King Snake. Of course, you can't play boxing one. Who are you gonna? Who are you? Who's gonna be the one out of those three? But because they were two both hurt, and you don't have to respect the fucking woke Draymond Green's shooting and Andre Iguodala's shooting. Of course, you can play boxing one. Nick Nurse isn't some fucking genius, guys. And Masai isn't some genius. For hiring him. The coaches don't mean shit. It's all about the players in the NBA. That wasn't even you played yourself, so that's what happens when I get two weeks of vacation. So did you guys see that uh, Brett Favre deleted an Instagram post saying he was coming out of retirement? But then uh, his reason for the deletion was that he got hacked? Ain't nobody believed that shit. And by the way, Brett... You didn't even attempt to use that same excuse when you're sending pictures of your wiener. Like, you want to claim you're hacked about a coming out of retirement post when you've literally done that. Anyway, let's hit it. It's time for You Played Yourself. First, You Played Yourself. Has to do with the NBA Finals. So in Game 3 of the NBA Finals, Kyle Lowry dove into the crowd chasing a loose ball. We all know what happened at this point. As minority Warriors owner got up from his seat two spaces over, shoved Lowry, and screamed obscenities at him. In swift action to their credit, the Golden Snake Warriors and the NBA announced that the Warriors investor, Mark Stevens, has been banned for a year and fined $500,000. So, Richard Jefferson on ESPN's Get Up brought up a fantastic point. And that was that it's quite convenient that the language using words like investor started to be used instead of minority owner. And that they used language like banned instead of using suspension. Because let's not kid ourselves. This isn't a ban. A ban doesn't just last a year. And this is not nearly enough. If Lowry had retaliated in self-defense, people would be calling for way worse than the equivalent of a slap on a wrist for a fucking billionaire like Mark Stevens. It is actually unreal to me that a grown-ass man would have the audacity to do what Stevens did. To be a spectator in a sport, watching a player on the floor and, and thinking you had this power that you could go up to that 
grown-ass man and shove him like he did. Not fearing the consequences. Nothing. And sure, they acted quickly, but if it looks like a turd and smells like a turd, it fucking is one. Just because you drop that turd quick does not mean we're going to forget about it. Still all over the bottom of our shoes with this. Poop again! He called the shit poop! <laughs> a ban. Sure. Yeah, let's call it a ban. It's a fucking slap on the wrist. This billionaire gets fined $500,000. Yeah, she's going to struggle big time this year for that. All right, you played yourself the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and the St. Louis Blues publishing a letter in their newspaper on a Sunday thanking their fans after the, quote, elation of breaking through and bringing St. St. Louis's first ever Stanley Cup, end quote. This letter, as well as a few congratulatory advertisements, appeared in the digital edition of the newspaper hours before the team was scheduled to play Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final against the Boston Bruins. The Blues were up 3-2 at the time and playing in St. Louis, and they ended up losing 5-1. My superstitious ass would have been losing my shit if I were a St. Louis fan. Luckily, they were not to be out done by someone in Boston, which my superstitious ass would be thanking for getting me off the hook. That's right. That's how crazy I am. I would be thanking Samuel Adams Beer Company for printing cheers to the 2019 hockey champions on a beer called Black and Gold that just happened to have a bear on the label. Kind of resembles a Bruin, if you ask me. So... St. Louis Post-Dispatch, you almost played yourself, but Sam Adams, you definitely played yourself. Uh, But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Uh... The next you played yourself goes to Dallas Keuchel, who signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves. His deal was for $13 million, which just happens to be $4.9 million less than the qualifying offer he rejected seven months ago from the Astros. Ghostros. <laughs> and it's also $5 million less than the Yankees reportedly offered him. This via ESPN's Buster Olney. For context, in early March, the Astros offered Keuchel two possible deals. One year at $15 million or two years for $24 million. Bold strategy, Dallas. We'll see if you can Kirk Cousins the system. But... My friend Thomas pointed out, I don't think he can Kirk Cousins a system when he's more like he's levioning the system. (laughs) Betting on yourself, but then ending up with less money. You played yourself. Next up on You Played Yourself, Paul fucking Pierce, the jinx man himself. So 11 years ago, a little over at this point, Paul Pierce exited Game 1 of the 2008 NBA Finals on a wheelchair with a shoulder injury. So recently on NBA Countdown, he admitted that the reason for that was that he had to deuce. Poop again! Poop! He called the shit poop! <laughs> was the real reason. But then he backtracked. And that's not an innuendo. I'll just flat out say... 
Why the fuck is this guy on TV? What does he provide for ESPN? Wrong picks, lies. I mean, I'll do that for less money. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. I can just throw spicy and see what sticks every once in a while. I don't know what to believe, but if Paul Pierce did in fact shit himself as a grown man on the court, then you Kobe Bryant fans need to shut the fuck up forever knowing that you lost to Poop Man. And you know we had to do it. To put a nice bow on the NBA season, the last You Played Yourself of this episode goes to the Golden Snake Warriors. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. So, the Warriors let the Raptors take all three away games in the finals to close out their tenure in Oracle Arena. You just hate to see it. <laughs> you also have to know that we do not give a shit how your dynasty ends, but just that it does end. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. You know, Steph Curry in one of the games carried his team. You know, Steph Curry in game three carried his team with 47 points. He did it all. Only for his team to lose. Well, Steph. Welcome to LeBron's fucking world. You did it for one series. He did it every game for years. If that's not enough, I got a quote, you know, thanks to my brother Vish. Quote, I apologize for us being healthy. I apologize for us playing who is in front of us. I apologize for all the accolades we received as a team and individually. I'm very, truly sorry, and will rectify that situation this year. End quote. That was a sarcastic Steph Curry, the offseason after they won their first, their only, championship. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. A run where they did not recruit King Snake to their team, but also faced exactly zero healthy teams. A hurt Chris Paul, a hurt Kawhi Leonard then on the Spurs, thanks Zaza, dirty ass, and a Cavs team without Kevin Love and Kyrie. Y'all want us to feel bad for you? Y'all won your first and only title in 2015 because you got lucky with other teams being injured. Can I interest you in Matthew fucking Della Vidova and Timofey Mozgov? <laughs> no? Like, we, none of us wish injury on anyone. As much as King Snake is my number one villain, would never wish it. In fact, I love my villains in the NBA. But miss me with that feeling bad for the poor old Warriors routine. If injuries end the Warriors dynasty, remember one fucking thing. They began this dynasty the same fucking way. Also, speaking of Zero... Steph Curry is 0 for 8 in career go-ahead field goal attempts in the final 20 seconds of playoff games. But on the bright side, enjoy his brand new ABC show, Holy Moly, everyone. I have some directions for you guys making excuses for the Warriors. Um, you can get a pen to write this down. Rewind it if you need to. Look at the back of your hands. Okay, 
put every finger down except the middle one and then stare at it. That's right. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I'd tell you to play a tiny violin, but knowing y'all's greedy asses, you'd want a quartet of string players to match the amount of all-stars you ruined the NBA with. So get the fuck out of here. You know how I like to wrap up each episode. It's who you got and what you feeling before we hit that too much sense. So in the last episode, I made my pick for NBA Finals. I picked the snake, Snakes of Oakland in six, with the MVP being Klay Thompson. I will happily be wrong for pretty much the first time of these NBA playoffs. I picked the Snakes in six, and it ended up being the Raptors in six. I also talked... In previous episodes about the number one, not about the number one draft pick, but the number two pick in the NBA draft being held by the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, as I promised earlier, I'd talk about the Mike Conley trade. I'd previously thought the Grizzlies should take R.J. Barrett as the next best prospect behind Zion Williamson. Well, while I did maintain John Morant would likely be the pick, Ended up being wrong. They answered for us. They traded Mike Conley to the Jazz in exchange for the number 23 pick, a first, a future first-round draft pick, Grayson Allen, Jay Crowder, and Kyle Korver. So, John ja Morant it is. This week, to keep on the theme, now that free agency is setting up for some competition, I wanted to do a um, little star player-by-player player, stay or go for for my who you got. First of all, I wanted to talk about what the best destination is. You know, we have the Nets, Knicks, Lakers, and Clippers all with plenty of room to entice free agents. You already know which way I'm going with this. Don't ever get it twisted and think playing for Lagod James isn't your best option. The Nets have a great young core. Do not like the combo of Kyrie Irving and D'Angelo Russell, but it might be who the Nets end up with. I'm going with the Lakers. Okay, as far as stay or go, first up for my stay or go is Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to go with stay. He won a title in Toronto. Klay Thompson, I think he's staying. Him and his Velcro goatee are meant for the Snakes of Oakland. Kevin Durant is a mystery, but I'm going to go with go. I think he ends up in New York. Maybe in Brooklyn with Kyrie. Who knows? Kemba Walker, I'm going to go with stay. I think the Hornets are going to end up giving him the max deal, and he's going to stay put. As for Jimmy Butler, it's kind of flown under the radar. He might wait to see how the dust settles before he makes his decision, but I'm going to go with go for Jimmy Butler. I think he leaves Philly to sign elsewhere. And I won't even bother with Kyrie. He gone. So next up, I wanted to mention uh, Tony Parker retiring. So Tony Parker announces retirement as a four-time champ, and he spent all but one season in San Antonio. Someday he'll be part of a list of well-known players to spend an odd one-off season with new teams. So I thought it'd be fun to uh, mention a few of the other ones that you might have forgotten about. And pick the weirdest one. So, some legendary players that 
were known to be on one team but ended up playing for another and odd twists of fate or wanting to hang on to their careers but when they were nearing their end. Uh, first up was Patrick Ewing, who played on the Orlando Magic and the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, Dominique Wilkins once played on the Celtics amongst some other teams after being known to be on the Hawks for years. Um, Scottie Pippen played for the Rockets and the Blazers. Of course, more recently, Dwayne Wade on the Cavs. And then uh, we all know Carl Malone on the Lakers trying to ring chase at the end of his career. But the weirdest one for me is Hakeem Olajuwon playing for the Raptors in his final year. So he joined, at the time, a a Vince Carter-led playoff team coached by Lenny Wilkins after spending every other season of his career in Houston. He, the team made the playoffs that year, but it pretty much served as a confirmation that Olajuwon was hanging it up because he couldn't make it up and down the floor like he once could. You ever get a chance, comb through all those ones. Sure, NFL has even more, but the NBA is always a weird one, and Tony Parker is always going to be... It's always going to be a weird fact that he played one season on the Charlotte Hornets, so... Um, as for what I'm feeling, the reason for my short little vacation hiatus was going on vacation with friends to my favorite place in the world, the Outer Banks. Get to go with my friends, my wife. It was a great time. It always is. And then my wife and I got a dog. Teddy joined our small but mighty crew. And then lastly, I celebrated my third anniversary with the missus. So that's what I'm feeling little sentimental there some big moments but good reason for the short prem brulee hiatus we're still the number one podcast in your headphones don't ever get it twisted don't ever play yourself but even number one podcast got to give a chance for some people to catch up i don't know maybe not petty alert petty alert petty alert but i'll try not to let it happen again and last but not least too much sense the advice you didn't ask for but i gotta give you especially after a hiatus It seems to be my theme pretty often, but how can you show someone you truly have their back? We always wonder, because it's easy to do things when things are convenient or when they're big moments, but the easiest way to to show someone you truly care about them is to check on them when there's no reason to. Do something when it's not convenient for you. Go out of your way to help someone. Those are the ones that stand out the most. Think about the times you knew someone was a close friend. It's not when they come out for your birthday. It's when they check on you randomly. When they think of you over something. So be that. And that's going to wrap up a very spicy episode back. You know what it is. Number one podcast in your headphones. Prem Brulee. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. You know the drill. Subscribe. Share. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Please check out all of our other podcasts from the Play Call Network. We greatly appreciate it. Leave a review. I would love it. Hopefully it's positive. Hopefully you have some constructive criticism. I'd love to hear it all. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time.